This is weird and smushy. I don't know. I thought it would be easier to record it in here. For those of you watching the video, I made a bad choice. It's not. Um, this is on me. I own that. You know, I'm a big person. Uh, I can own up to my mistakes when they have no consequences. <laughs> Welcome to Queer Halftime. We, my name is Becca, I use she, they. My name is Mael, I use they, them. My name is Paige, I also use they, them. Um, we've been off for two weeks. I mean, not off. We've been working very hard. You haven't heard us for two weeks and I'm sorry. Um, but here we are. This might come out on time. It might be a couple hours late. It's Pride Month, baby. There really isn't a right time to come out, Becca. Oh my God, I hate you. Um, <laughs> I never should have asked you back. Um, Mael of Exorcism During a Seizure Fame. Hey, welcome back. What are we talking about, guys? I'm just here for the ride today. It's great. Foster care and the child welfare system. Hooray. Who Hooray. wants to, um, why are you guys talking about this? I feel like you should go first. Um, I am talking about this because growing up, I was not only Mormon, I was also a biological child in a foster family. So two very fun things. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I was also incredibly religious. I was IBLP. Um, what, is, what does that mean for the principal? The, the back? International Institute or the Institute of Basic Life Principles. Oh, Jesus. If you've seen the Duggar TV show, you've seen that. that. Um, also, there's a YouTube channel called Fundy Fridays. It's very she, fun. She's on the documentary. Is she? It, yes, she is. Oh, God. It's great. Or they, I don't know what they're I'm not called. sure. I'm not sure. I think she last time I watched it was I okay. don't know if that has changed okay um yeah so I'm gonna explain how I got into advocacy because yes I'm I'm a foster care advocate kind of um I sit on a council for young people <laughs> you make it sound like you advocate for foster care no absolutely the fuck yeah not. no okay. you're honestly you're an advocate against really I against but, but i'm an advocate for change in this system yeah. yes um so full disclaimer before i get into this i will have to kind of talk can you stop staring at me <laughs> i am i'm sorry do you want me to stare at myself sorry. um um we're sitting very closely together. we're like you can't tell you can't because tell. i made a bad choice Becca made a bad choice um <laughs> so, so we're all we have a bunch of neurodivergent people all sitting really close to each other trying to look at each other in the face and it's really it's funny going well um <laughs> so disclaimer before i get into this because i will kind of have to talk about how i got into advocacy if you're making any or please don't make any judgments on like my mother or my brothers and sisters and my siblings because just people change, things happen. Sometimes you do the best with the resources you have. And unfortunately, in Alberta specifically, there aren't a lot of great resources for families. Yeah. However, if you're making any judgments on my father, you're probably correct. <laughs> it's fair. He's fair game. He's fair game. Um, also, if you're the woman dating him, please leave him now while you have time. This will be your <laughs> only warning. <laughs> this will be your only warning. Um, so, I'm sorry, that was... It's a fun energy. I wrote in, down notes to talk about in the studio today. <laughs> it's great. I it's call it the studio. Cool. Like we don't have like one big room. It's been just been portioned off. <laughs> Literally. I wrote stuff on my Google Docs because I need to do talking points. 
Oh, that's all good. I usually just have print-offs, sometimes with terrifying pictures to show Paige and Cassie. It's really fun. Usually with Why can't I find my Google Docs? Here, Paige, do you have anything to say while I find my Google Docs? Feel time. Oh, God, no pressure. Um, I don't know. Foster children, pro or con? Uh, Where do I even start with that one? Like, also, what do you mean by for children for work on like <laughs> the pro work like, I have a question. I have a question for work. I was literally just fucking with you. Uh, <laughs> I have a question for you that you can answer, please. From a biological like child perspective, mm-hmm. what is your viewpoint on children entering the foster system versus being with their parents? Ooh. I think, and like this can kind of go for anything. I think it's situational. Um, I don't think that I can speak fairly or adequately one way or another without information behind like what's happening very diplomatic I'm not like for the foster care system like as is as exactly there is work to be done a lot of work um yeah I don't know I feel like it's a little bit of like that catch that comes with like prison abolition as well of like I don't like this but we also can't just like nix it tonight. We can't it's, not have it. It's right. like a catch-22. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Um, yeah. So that, oh my God. <laughs> that is a wall of text, my man. No, it's just because I had to write down definitions of stuff. Okay. Um. So yeah. So I'm not going to get into like the before I turned 14 because that stuff we don't need to worry about. But how I got into advocacy, um, my father has um, substance use disorder which does not make you a bad parent. First off, it, it doesn't. Um, you know, it's it's a mental illness like anything else. It's very treatable um, if you have the right resources. Um, but he was also just a homophobic piece of trash. <laughs> and when there is substance use involved, um, if you don't have the proper coping mechanisms, it can create a very unstable situation at home for a child to grow up in or for a youth to be living in. Um, yeah, also just massive trigger warning to absolutely fucking everything for this episode. Also, <laughs> yeah, my dad's a piece of trash. My mom's, my mom's doing better. My dad's a piece of trash. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so substance use, it, it can be very, a touchy, to- a touchy top topic in the, in the system and in, mm-hmm. when you're in child welfare, because it's not always visible. Um, my dad was a very functional alcoholic, so he could put on a face. He could, you know, he could, he could present to the rest of the world, like everything was okay, but in the home, things get fucked. Um, (laughs) which is what happened um, in my life. And I going through the church system, which also you can probably relate to is abuse is kind of normalized. Oh, very much so. That segment of it. Yeah. Cause holy fuck, that is all about control. It's all about control. My father was a very controlling person. There was also domestic abuse involved Mm. and inter um, partner violence, but I'm not going to touch on that because that's, that's more of my mom's story. Mm. Um, but again, growing up in the home, when you see that, it's very unstable yeah. and it's very, um, and I'll get into like the definition of what emotional injury is. Um, and that's part of it. Um, we've also only got an hour. We've also, I, I wrote that okay. on the definition, Becca. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, no. I just yeah. in general. <laughs> oh yes, I know. Um, so when I was 15, um, I had been talking about this with people for a while and like, I need help and nobody's fucking doing anything, which is the first problem in the system. People mm-hmm. are scared to report. Um, as someone yeah. who's also worked with children in the system, I've had to report a couple of times. I've gotten death threats for doing it from parents. Like it's it's intense. Um, and it's people are scared to scared to go on about it because they're scared that it's gonna come back on them. However, in Alberta, um, if you report child abuse, 
it is confidential. They will not share your name. They will not do anything unless you're me and the social worker did. <laughs> also, if you're an adult, meaning you are 18 or over, you, you are, are a mandated murder. You are obligated. To I know we, mm-hmm. we see our friends in the U.S. and think it's just like teachers and psychiatrists. But if you're an adult in Alberta, it's everybody. You have to report it. And if you don't and something happens, there's a massive fine. Um, but let's be real, that rarely ever fucking And a happens. lifetime of guilt. And a lifetime of guilt. Um, so yeah, when I was 15, I started going to um, an after-school program. This was during COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and thank... Oh God. my God, you're so... Yeah, I'm sorry. I know. That <laughs> totally threw me for a loop. I was like, that totally... Okay, thank <laughs> you. Um, and there was finally an adult that um, did what you're supposed to do, which is um, recognize, report, support. Good. Um, and that adult ultimately saved my fucking life. <laughs> Took me out of a lot of abuse and, and stress. Um, but because of that, I ended up getting assigned a social worker who is a piece of shit. Um, I she's still working. Um oh, she's fun. horrible, awful. Um, but that adult, same adult that reported, then found out that I had a really shitty social worker and apparently had a friend who was a social worker, and they were like, contact the advocate's office have some fun with that so I did and I ended up going through the office of the child and advocate which disclaimer none of the things I say represent the views of the OCWA I have to disclaim that (laughs) um good job they don't anyway um these are personal opinions these are personal opinions um some some of them are facts but (laughs) um, personal opinions mixed with facts from my yes and (laughs) science and science and yeah. And so I ended up going through them, had an advocate that was really great. Um, but during the intake and assessment process of children's services, my advocate, regardless of how hard she tried, um, if this advocate is listening to this, bless your soul. <laughs> um, my case got completely thrown out. Oh, fuck. Uh, yeah, because I was 15 and they were like, you can take care of yourself. Oh. Um, and okay, problem number two of the system. When there is not physical injury yeah and there is not physical proof even though sometimes kids are physically injured parents are just really good at hiding it mm-hmm. the system tends to just kind of throw you out also older kids also older kids if you are <laughs> if you're only the age of like five they don't fucking care about you um well because you're not cute anymore my you're not cute anymore i mean i was yeah um oh don't say that i bet you were a cute baby i was a cute baby i had those little the chubby little cheeks and curly hair and nice oh, cute baby um <laughs> I, was, I was not an ugly newborn <laughs> a potato baby I was not a potato baby um so when you get into like the system and stuff it's not the kind of thing where like if you just like get into a fight with your parents like a one-off or like yeah yeah um you know your mom's not buying you the Nike shoes you want she's buying you from Walmart that's not that's not a reason for children's services to get involved um, I'm going to read this straight from the act because Ooh. I don't want to mess this up. In Alberta, we have a beautiful document called the um, Child. No. I was just reading it the other day and I literally can't remember the, what it's called. Oh my God. I literally look at this document every fucking day. Um, but do you really read it? Yes. I do you really see it? The Child and, the child and Youth Family Enhancement Act. That's there you go. Um, so... For the purposes of this act, a child is in need of intervention if there are reasonable and probable grounds to believe that the safety, security, or development of the child is endangered because of any of the following. A, the child has been abandoned or lost. B, the guardian of the child is dead and the child has no other guardian. 
C, the child was neglected by the guardian. D, the child has been or there is substantial risk that the child will be physically injured or sexually abused by the guardian of the child. E, the guardian of the child is unable or unwilling to protect the child from physical injury or sexual abuse. F, the child has been emotionally injured by the guardian of the child, for the guardian of the child. G, the guardian of the child is unable or unwilling to protect the child from emotional injury. Or H, the guardian of the child has subjected the child to or is unable or unwilling to protect the child from cruel and unusual punishment. Do these have specific definitions? Yes. Because those all sound like the safety and security sounds really broad. Which is where we kind of get screwed up in the system. Because it's with different social workers, and I'm sure you've experienced this seeing it from Mm -hmm. the other other side. um, Social workers, it's really just dependent on who you get. Um, there's some really really great ones and there's some really really shitty ones Mm -hmm. Um, unfortunately a lot of them are really shitty (laughs) and to add there's not a lot of in between there's not a lot kind of one it's kind of one or the other there's no like there's no middle ground i've had a plethora of social we're friends with the good ones we're friends with the good ones the good ones Um, listen to our podcast thanks hi um and so yeah like there's no there is sound definitions um like for example emotional injury which is what I'll talk about mm-hmm. is emotional injury is defined as a there is the child is emotionally injured if there is an impairment to the child's mental or emotional functioning or development and there is reasonable ground reasonable grounds to believe that the emotional injury is a result of rejection whether that be emotional social cognitive or physiological neglect deprivation of affection or cognitive stimulation exposure to violence or severe domestic disharmony inappropriate criticism, threats, humiliation, accusations, or expectation of or towards the child, the mental or emotional condition of the guardian or anyone living in the same residence of the child, or chronic alcohol or drug abuse by the guardian or anyone living in the same residence of the child. Mm. But the thing is, is it's really hard to see that sometimes. Yeah. No, that's all stuff that you have to be there. You have to be there to see it. Yeah. Um, Especially when it comes to like emotional injury and development, what a lot of social workers will see is they only take that when the development is delayed Mm, of the child. Right. Um, When the child kind of regresses into the more like infantile stage versus what happens a lot of the time, especially with children who are um, like, what's the word, like parentified? Oh, parentified? Parentified. With children who are parentified. It's um, the other way. It's the other way. They tend to mature 10 times faster than their peers. And that scene is, oh, the parents are doing very well because the child's mature. When actually, that's the complete wrong. Concerning. It's concerning. Um, so social workers tend to dismiss those cases. Mm. Um, and also families lie. Like, yeah. um, you know, you social worker knocks on your door and says, hi, I'm children's services. Um, they, they, they still do like drop by cases where they don't warn the parents, but a lot of the times they do. And I'm for and against that because there's certain times where like, yeah, like that's okay. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to like neglect, yeah. a lot of the times parents will immediately clean things up as soon as yeah, they yeah. see that children's services is on their way and then everything looks fine. Put on a good show. Put yeah. on a good show. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they talk to the parents, parents lie. Like, well, and they can coach their kids. And they can too. coach their kids. A hundred times. Especially young kids. Especially young kids. Like that's how we got the satanic panic, yo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. And a lot of the times what they do, which I'm totally against, is they'll interview the child in the home. Oh. Which is, I was interviewed in the home. I was never interviewed elsewhere. Um, well, after the assessment, I was. Um, but, like, they'll interview you, like, in your bedroom. Or, like, and it's, and sure, it's private, quote, unquote. But it's hard to talk about things that hurt you. 
Yeah. In the place where you're being hurt. Well, especially when the other person is, when the other person is literally downfall. Yeah. Or on the other side of the door. Or on the other side. Yeah. And a lot of times what will happen is, especially with youth um, who speak about abuse and who speak about the bad things that are happening is as soon as that social worker leaves. Mm, Retaliation. Retaliation. 110%. Yeah. Yeah. Which can be, it it can make the abuse worse. Yeah. Um, But social workers don't intervene fast enough. In Alberta, theoretically, if an intake is completed and it's believed that the child is in need of services, um, assessment is only supposed to take 40 days from start to finish. Right. Um, They're supposed to have a plan by the end of that 40 days. In my own case, it went on for six months. Oh, wow. The second time. There was a second time that children's services was called. After the age of 15. There was a plethora before I turned 15. Um, The second time I had left my home Mm -hmm. and I was unhoused and called children's services and said, hey, I can't go home because shit's in the fan and it's yeah. not safe. And they literally said to me at 16 years old, you're old enough to take care of yourself. Yeah. 16. Middle of winter. On the streets. Listeners, you can't see, but the face I just made. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners who can see probably also can't yeah. see the face you just made. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they really, honestly, they don't. The system doesn't support a lot of people, but it it doesn't support youth. Yeah. Um, specifically indigenous youth. <laughs> and well, queer youth. Yeah, and when you get intersections, it gets really fun. Well, and so and also indigenous children make up 70% of the foster care system, where we're only four yeah. percent of the population. Which is a whole other podcast. Which is a whole episode, other podcast. Because that would take some time. Um, and also some other people. Yeah. 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 Me and Paige are not the ones to <laughs> speaking on that. Um, I, yeah. How does it deal? Because you brought up queer identities and like the whole neglect issue when it comes to trans kids and like safe, you know, hypothetically medical care. So when not, one parent doesn't yeah. consent. So not giving your child adequate medical care is a form of neglect. It is. Um, like it's is gender affirming nope. seen as see that's nope. what I was trying to get at. Is it's yeah. not it's okay. not seen. Okay. As, it's not in the legislation as of yet, and with our current government, I doubt it will be. Um it's not yeah, seen as actually in the current government, unfortunately. Um this is after the election. We filmed this after the election, by the way. <laughs> um <laughs> it went really badly. Um not it, great. There were some good things. Some great. Jonas Irwin is back in. Couple good plays, <laughs> uh, but overall lost the game. Yeah. Um. You know. Yeah. They doubled our guys. Doubled their seats. Um. We have a couple indigenous um reps. I have an indigenous rep, which I'm very excited about. I have an NDP rep, which is great. Well, yeah. Yeah. Indigenous and NDP. Yeah. Um. I think the first indigenous woman actually. Yeah. First indigenous yeah. woman got in. But anyway, <laughs> but lost the ball game. So, so there's there's a new legislation that they're trying to put in, which is basically saying a parent can deny yeah. their child's um, gender identity and that they don't have to accept it. But under the definition of the Child and Youth Family Enhancement Act, that's neglect. Yeah. Like, it doesn't necessarily state it, but when you think about it, like neglecting and rejecting your child of social, of social, oh my God. That's the second um, time you've actually done it. I didn't want to bring it yeah. up. <laughs> um, it's okay. Of social and emotional deprivation, that's deprivation of social and emotional well, and mental harm as well. And mental right? harm as well. And when you're, and because trans healthcare isn't perceived as healthcare, quote unquote, 
it's neglect, but under the definitions, it's not, which makes it really hard for social workers, even the ones who give a shit, to actually do something. I feel like it's a letter of the vo- the law versus spirit of the law kind of moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And it's, yeah, it's hard. And a lot of social workers, unfortunately, don't, like, in my experience, they wouldn't call me by my my preferred name. Right. Um, or I don't even say preferred name. It is my name. Yeah. Um, courts wouldn't use my name. Um you know, like they, they would. I've, I've heard it hit and miss. It it's kind of depends miss. on the judge. There's, there's certain children's services because, because we did have one, you know, person that yeah. went through who like very specifically, like their advocates made sure. Yeah. So you can also in Alberta, you can get, um, yeah, you can get an LRCY lawyer, um, which is a lawyer for children and youth in care. And if you have one, they're usually pretty good at like making, yeah, the judge <laughs> address you correctly. Um, but yeah, no, they, it, it kind of sucks sometimes and they wouldn't use my pronouns. They wouldn't anything. And in, and in documents, they've still referred to me as my dead name, which was really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and also one really shitty thing they used to do is they used to be like, well, you have two parents who are going to care for you. <laughs> my parents at that point, when they said that my parents split up and I talked to my dad in a year and a half. But also like you're in, it's, yeah, it's the like youth protection, like, the parents are the the parents are the issue yeah yeah exactly <laughs> like you have two parents who will care for you clearly they're not or we wouldn't be here we wouldn't freaking be here we wouldn't be standing in front of you if that were the case the case wouldn't be on for six months if there yeah. was a clear way that we could have mitigated that this would not um, be a situation it would not be wow. a situation there's also so read the room i i feel like i should clarify when you go through intake and you go through assessment there's a plethora of things that can happen you're not just going to immediately go into foster care yeah there's things like um guardianship enhancement agreements there's um youth enhancement agreements which the the definition between the two is guardian enhancement it's you get a support worker that comes into the family for three months and they basically help you do they like live no they don't live no, there, but okay. they come in like once a week okay um or sometimes it's once a month it depends um and they basically they provide you with services okay. um, and it, it's actually it, relatively okay most of the time um and then you have a youth enhancement agreement so if you're over the age of 16 and you're living on your own and it's because of abuse or neglect or whatever you've been in the system before it's the same thing but you're living by yourself oh so they support you but you're living by yourself so you have a designated adult that just kind of checks on you you have a designated adult that that checks on you okay um the problem with guardianship enhancement agreements is you need the parents to agree to them oh and sometimes parents don't want to agree with them and in my case, they'll just get thrown out. They'll be like, oh, well, you're old enough to take care of yourself. And they uh, get thrown out. Other times, that means the kid will go into the system because the parent doesn't want to help. Um, and sometimes guardianship enhancement agreements aren't enough. Yeah, um, they aren't. Um, but yeah, they and they're also a short-term solution to a long-term problem. Yeah, I feel mm-hmm. like that's always the fear, right? Is kids being like, well, you know, I don't want to get pulled out of my house, right? Like that's always the... Like, I don't want cops to come bang down the door and take me from my house. Yeah. But that's like... But sometimes that's what needs to happen. Well, yeah. But it's also... It's also incredibly traumatic. It's also incredibly traumatic. Yeah. For Mm -hmm. that to happen and to be removed from your home. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of the times, there's a definition between unwilling and unable. Um, Mm. So when a parent is unable to provide resources and unable to provide care, there's a lot you can actually do. Yeah. Um, You know, sometimes it's, you know... A te- let's say a teacher sees a kid not having lunch every day well it's not the kids are neglected because maybe the parent doesn't have enough money to provide right. um especially like single parents and and people yeah. with different intersections of like being indigenous or being black or 
Um, actually, the office that I'm with is currently doing a whole subsect on the amount of Black children that are in care right now, oh, because yeah. that's been on, on the rise, essentially. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so when there's unwilling, what do you <laughs> Paige was just, just zoned out there really hard for like a second. Uh, so when you have unwilling, there's a lot you can do with that. You can you can help and you can support. And I think what happens is sometimes people report too quickly, mm-hmm. um, but also if you don't report, it can have bad consequences. Um, and so like when it's un- unable, you, or yeah, when it's unable, you can, you know, provide food, food yeah. bank resources, help the child, help the parent get in, get, um, you know, job support or yeah. income support, make sure the kids are enrolled in school, have adequate housing, all these kinds of things. Um, but when the parent is unwilling, yeah, it's a completely different story. Yeah. Um, because when they're unwilling to change or unwilling to do anything, they, at that point, basically don't care about the kid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, well, and, and an unwillingness to, you know, to do those things, like, regardless of whether or not the ability is there, like, if it's there, but they just aren't doing it, it's like, yeah. What, yeah. what do you want from us? Like, that. Yeah, I feel like... I almost wonder if those people know that people are going to be less sympathetic to them than they are to like the single parent who can only pr- provide like two meals a day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause I mean, when you go through, like when you get entered into foster care, whatever, a lot of the times the parents will have to do like mandatory therapy or right. like, mandatory family counseling or mandatory um, withdrawal and detox support, yeah. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, which when you're dealing with substance use, sometimes people aren't ready. Yeah. It's not that they're unwilling to do it. They just aren't necessarily ready but that doesn't mean that it's safe for the child to live there yeah yeah there's a lot that goes into the decision making between what happens with the kid but a bigger problem is that a lot of the times kids don't necessarily get a voice in that um yeah children know like if i'm under the full belief that regardless of what you see if a child or a youth comes to you and expresses hey i don't feel safe in my house take them out i have a question about almost the reverse Hmm. of a youth who is like no, don't call. Don't call in what way? In there's stuff going on, don't call, or there's nothing going on, don't call. Of like, there's stuff going on, but I've got it. That's, you still call. Okay. Um, Still call, because at least in my experience and in everything else, again, it's abuse and you have to report it. Yeah. Um, you're mandated, but also it's a moral thing because the child yeah. should not be the one that has to take care of it. Mm-hmm. They're not supposed to be the one that takes care of it. Um. And in a lot of that, a lot of it's fear. Like I didn't want people calling for a while because, you know, social work comes in, the retaliation from the parents, that kind of thing. A lot of it's fear-based. I don't want them coming in because I'm scared of what's going to happen. I like having gut feelings validated by people who know more than me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I mean, not cool, but But, like, yeah, I get it. Um, Reflexive word. Reflexive word. Like, for example, when the person in my life called mm-hmm. and that initiated stuff that happened when I was like 15 mm-hmm. I didn't want them calling yeah. at first I was like dear god don't pick up that phone like yeah. I don't want this happening like this isn't the right time like whatever but it was the right time yeah, yeah. and that adult thank god knew that mm-hmm. um it was the right time because if if they hadn't done that I would have been in a much worse situation follow your gut when it comes to these things like yeah. if you think something's going on regardless of what somebody says yeah. Well, and even and I feel like even if you don't really have a lot of information at least they'll have a record of like oh yeah. somebody has called on this person before exactly um mm-hmm. and and also to a child expressing that they're not safe doesn't necessarily have to be verbal 
Mm-hmm. Um, it can be the way that they act around the parents or the way mm. that they act when you're with you or the way that they, yeah. doesn't necessarily have to be verbal confirmation of like, something's going on. I need help. It's the, it's the everything else. Yeah. The rest of the picture, which yeah. is, yeah. But I mean, if a child does come to you and say, please help me, like, dear <laughs> audience, um, do something, do Wait. something, but it, it's not necessarily yeah. always verbal. No. Yeah. I, I can see that a hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. doesn't have to be you know yeah because I mean you hear from teachers all the time about how kids completely do a 180 from like when they walk into school versus when they walk out versus yeah and I think sometimes the signs of abuse especially abuse that isn't physical Mm. can be very not difficult to spot but you have to be trained to see it well that's the thing I think we're just not educated we're just not educated yeah like something that I I see a lot and something that I used to do too is sometimes kids who come really, really early to programmings and leave really late. Like they try Mm -hmm. to extend the time that they're not at home or kids who like, for me, I volunteered freaking everywhere for like three years because I didn't want to be home. I like how you say that in the past tense. Like you don't still volunteer everywhere. I volunteer everywhere and come early. And come early, but it's because it's- But it's because we love having you It's because I like actually being here, not because Yeah, yeah. yeah, I need to escape. But because yeah. it's also it's habit at this point. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. On time is late. Well, I also live in Edmonton and like getting to St. Albert with the buses sometimes. Huh. It's, Trash. You are preaching to the choir. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, the system. <laughs> Again, viewers, you can't see, but Miles did like a little like rock up. No, I did a little flip off. Oh, a little flip off. <laughs> okay. I was like, is it a sarcastic? Like, no, it was no. just the middle finger. It was, it was the middle finger. finger. Same, same thing. Different, slightly different vibes. Slightly different vibes. Um, but yeah, you know, um, yeah. Something that's been happening a lot, and we still have time. Correct question mark. Yes. Okay, we have a little bit of time. Um, I'll tell you later. That was a very funny centrists at pride thing. <laughs> um. <laughs> is something we see with children that are aging out of care right now. There's a new program called uh, the Transition to Adulthood Program, and it just kind of got put in. Um, It's replacing SAPA, and um, Advancing Futures is still a thing, but it's a part of TAP now. Um, So SAPA was a program that financially supported youth leaving the system. TAP, what it does is it financially supports you, but it also gives you emotional support and like access to therapy and and healthcare services and stuff like that. It's not perfect. We're kind of in like the trial and error phase right now. From what I've seen, though, it's actually going. It sounds better. It's it's better than what yeah. SAPA was. Um, the, again, workers, social workers. It's still a system. Yeah, it is going a bit better. Um, from what I can see, and I've actually met with like the head person of like TAP and all that kind of stuff, and it is they're actually kind of listening to our concerns, being like, "This is our problem." Um, that's good. One massive thing though that we're seeing right now is the rise of um, opioid poisonings and youth leaving care. Ooh. and in youth like 16 to 18 in care I mean opioid poisonings are on the rise entirely mm-hmm. however we're seeing it more and more like the office of the child Youth advocate recently put out a report basically just for that mm-hmm. because it's like it went on the news it went provincial like on provincial news being like there are so many kids dying right now of opioid poisonings mm-hmm. and this is because of a variety of things children in care do yeah. not have access to therapy or um, stability even stability yeah. is a huge thing um and things like that so that's something we're definitely seeing right now which is is hard but um it's a healthcare issue too yeah there's a lot of in there's a lot of intersections in foster care and in the system which i'm sure you've seen as well yeah between like healthcare, housing financial stability education yeah there's like i don't know if i've ever met a foster kid with a parent who has a phd like <laughs> there's a lot because the parent would have an adequate job um no, that's just interesting. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, yeah. 
And that's not to say that like people with PhDs don't abuse their kids or that people who are uneducated are terrible people. That's not it. It's just, we're seeing that others to get to the foster system, pretty much every other system has to fail you first. Yeah. 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 Well, and so like Paige can probably speak to this and like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like a lot of your parents' role would have been stability, like a huge chunk. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Stability and support for reunification. It it was a it was an interesting kind of setup we had going on. Uh, my my brother like to this day I'm his parent. Um, it's my mom and me who are his parents. Um, and so being the oldest child in the family, it was my mom and I taking care of the kids because my dad had some stuff going on. Um, and yeah, it was a lot. We fostered the first foster kid we got. I was I think I was like almost two because my or no, I was almost three because my little brother had just been born. So from the age of like three to 16, which is when my parents split up and we stopped fostering, we saw over 40 kids in your, those 13 years. Your parents had a toddler and a newborn and were like, you know what we need? More and, kids. and we took uh, the first foster child we had actually uh, was a teenager. Oh, wow. Um, So my mom, I think, was 23 or 24 when she had me um, and had a me, a two and a half year old, a newborn, and a teenager. I don't remember how old she was when they got Which her, but she was like 14 or 15. Teenagers um, sometimes have difficulty being fostered too. Yeah. A lot of times teenagers end up at group homes. Mm, yeah. Because yeah. nobody wants to foster them. Um, but following that, uh, prior to being a foster family, my mom was an LPN. Um, so we got the kids with like, you know, medical. The, the medical issues as well, because oh. we were able to provide that support to them. Um, so kids born premature, kids born with FASD, kids born with other, which FASD is a very, very big, very, very, very big thing in the foster system. Um, which if you don't know what that means, that's fetal alcohol syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. Spectrum Spectrum disorder. disorder Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was, cause I've heard FAS and FASD and I wasn't sure. Yeah. So it's FASD. Paige is right. It's FASD. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we saw a lot of like kind of the medically more complex cases. Uh, we, had a set of twins their names were Ralph and David um and they were born three months premature so their heads were literally like shaped like canoes uh they had that soft spot in the top of their head they had a surgery when we first got them uh to correct their head shape and then they wore helmets for Mm. I think it was like six or eight months um and one of the twins Ralph was only born with half of his eyelids um and so they did a sort of surgery and I think they took uh skin off of his butt and put on his I think the butt is yeah. really common also I don't know why I did this in hindsight <laughs> I don't know why but you were like hindsight. you're like they're only born <laughs> with half of their eyelids and I immediately like closed my eyes <laughs> um premature birth is something that happens a lot in the care system too because yeah. when parents are using um drugs and alcohol sometimes premature birth is right like, super common yeah another thing is or that there's some kind of trauma. or if there's some part of trauma yeah which i mean there's always some kind of trauma when yeah. you have a kid's entering the foster system yeah um is uh part of what i do and part of what um an advocate's office does is they review the deaths of children in foster care oh. or if they've left the system within two years um so we see a lot of like the medically complex cases yeah fall through the cracks mm. because and pass away because they don't have adequate um not stability, but like adequate connection support. to different adequate connection to supports, mm-hmm. uh, especially children who are living on reserves or right. um, children who are living rural. Yeah, it happens in cities too. But when you're outside of kind of a major hub, 
things it's kind of exacerbated it's yeah it gets it gets the problem gets bigger yeah yeah, yeah. there well there's less resources there's less support there's yeah. less one less eyes on yeah. Too, right? yeah like no one wants to drive out there to traffic yeah the OCYA does <laughs> the advocates have fleet vehicles and they take them out um but also in in those areas there's less support to prevent that yeah that call from happening there's less Absolutely. you know there's less social supports there's less family resource centers there's just not yeah mm-hmm. it's not a lot yeah yeah so yeah it can be very stuff like that happens yeah all the time unfortunately unfortunately <laughs> yeah um and reunification because we touched on that do i support reunification <laughs> do you i do for the most part we had this conversation before yeah mm-hmm. before we started this um for the most part i do i think um if a parent we've had this conversation yeah. as well yeah. if a parent is is willing and able mm-hmm. and they have the proper reunification supports absolutely reunification should always be the first and foremost goal of foster care however mm-hmm. there comes to a point where that's not I feel like it's not a good thing where you get into that unwilling versus unable to it it does um it's it's also where you get into um proper education oh yeah um not of like academic education but proper education for the parents on yeah. parenting skills yeah. <laughs> um and proper education for the parents on self-care mm. um a lot of the times what we see is a kid will go back and then they immediately come back into the system after like two months okay. because the parent just gets you know it, it's a very big thing and especially with teenagers we don't see a lot of reunification mm-hmm. um, because you know they're old enough to kind of speak up and say hey when well, they can decide and they can decide yeah. for themselves for the most part sometimes things happen yeah um but we don't see a lot of reunification in teenagers yeah. um we might see them still have a connection to their their biological family but not so much and there's a lot of foster parents out there that are fostering to adopt instead of fostering to reunify which is a massive problem because again, that's not the intent of foster care. Right. If you want to adopt, open up an adoption license. Yeah. Don't open up a foster home. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Especially with babies. Sometimes people are like, oh, I'm just going to get a baby out of the foster care system and not support yeah. the parent. Because when you're fostering a child, you're not only fostering the child, you're supposed to be fostering a family. Is foster to adopt just like, I'm going to foster this kid and hopefully, hopefully the parent, the parent doesn't get yeah. their shit together? Pretty much. Okay. That's what foster to adopt is. And we see a lot, and I don't mean this as like a, you know, screw you, but with Christian families. You see it a lot. And I'm sure you've also experienced yeah. this too. Well, and that was actually something that was very encouraged in our family was we we wanted that. You know, we wanted that reunification. We wanted that connection. Yeah. We went to a lot of extremes to facilitate but um, that's rare. instances where our, like the children in our care were able to, you know, go for visits, were able to be returned to parents, that kind of stuff. There were situations where we were thinking about like, you know, okay, well, and keep in mind, this was, I was a kid. I was, this is 16 yeah. Yeah. and premature me. Um, so my memory may not be the most accurate. Um, but from what I can recall, we, did kind of like you know we encouraged that and which is what you're supposed to do as much as we could which is yeah. what you're supposed to do sometimes it's just not possible especially exactly. if like a parent's dead yeah like there's certain instances where you just get like it can't happen yeah. because yeah. there's a difference between um a tgo and a pgo a tgo is a temporary guardianship order mm. where um a child is apprehended and the parents have 18 months it depends on the age it's 18 months over the age of like camera what it is it's 18 months over the age of six and then under the age of six they have 15 months um to basically get their shit together okay um for lack of better words it's the time period before you they it's the time period you have before they start 
thinking about removing parental rights and taking okay. away parental rights after the TGO if the kid is still you know in care they go under a PGO which is a permanent guardianship order um where they stay with usually one family um until until something gets okay. better or they get an adoption order but yeah. right yeah so I know sometimes like I think you've mentioned that like where there was one and you like your parents weren't fostering to adopt but the, it had been considered for one specific yeah exactly um and from my recollection it seemed as a kid I always described it as like it feels like as soon as we get attached to these siblings that we have they're then removed from our home and moved right. elsewhere and those kind of instances were because of a foster agency that we fostered from Ooh, uh, right. crossroads oh <laughs> yes is that yeah. so it's not, good. it's not okay. great um there's different so you can foster through just the public system which is honestly what I recommend doing um because they tend to follow the rules a bit more to be completely like, honest yeah um but then you can go through agencies and you get a bit more support for like the foster family but they don't support the biological parents from my understanding so things like crossroads and McMahon and McMahon is terrible <laughs> yeah I I wouldn't be able to speak on their intentions. I'm not saying Crossroads is bad. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying they have a lot of work to do. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because they, they tend to take over, they take a relief off of the main system. They do. They take a relief off of the main the main system. Yeah. But it is privatized. Yeah. And privatized mm-hmm. is usually a bad idea. Not okay. a good, yeah, yeah. Not not a good route to go down. Not <laughs> a great route. Yeah. yeah. Um, we are yes. sort of running out of time. Is there anything else you guys wanted to touch on? And I know there's lots, but like, but pick a well, thing. I'll leave this to you, man. Pick two things if you want. <laughs> there you go. No Thanks. pressure. Um, five five minutes, eight minutes. Let's just say, like, if you're a foster kid or like a kid who's, you know, listening to this and you, you might want to get involved with children's services because of different things, mm-hmm. my full recommendation is to get support first, like, get support from the OCOA. And we're going to link resources in the bottom of the yeah, yeah. Um, podcast as well for anybody listening. In the description. In the, de- in the description. Um, I'm, I feel like a real podcaster when I ever say, like, something's in the description. I'm like, um, oh, cool. Yeah, we list some resources. Um, but reach out to things like that first and maybe just, you know, get support from another supportive adult in your life. Yeah. And reach out. And if you are a youth and you are in need of services, you can call them yourself. Yeah. Um, you're fully allowed to. They actually sometimes prefer that you call them yourself. Um, and if you are a youth who is having issues with a certain social worker you're calling and not having issues, you are fully allowed to speak to their supervisor. You mm. can ask and you can speak to the supervisor. It might sound like a bit of a Karen thing, but it's, I've done it, but it is a great way to do it. Not all instances of speaking to a supervisor or complaining are Karens. Yeah, it's not. It's when you're like abusing service workers but for if, no reason. But if, <laughs> you, like, but if like your service worker is not listening to you, like you have a specific right. Yeah, right. Exactly. As a young person, if that supervisor or that person's not listening, go to the supervisor and keep going up, keep working up the chain. I have gone to the children's minister myself on my own case. I have gone to the opposition that's, children's that's minister. Right. Yeah, I've gone to the opposition minister and been like, hey, <laughs> and she has written letters for me. <laughs> like, it's, you deserve to have. It's not being a Karen, it's advocating for It's yourself. being advocating for yourself, yeah. exactly. And actually, I asked my auntie, who is an indigenous freaking legend, I love her to death, and I asked her what she would say to um to an indigenous or an indigenous or just a youth and care in general and this is what she said it's a quote not a quote but it's a excerpt whatever that word is from the book freedom medicine your words for the brave revolution by jaya john this is what it says um you've lived long enough suffered and endured long enough loved long enough witnessed and grieved long enough you are qualified for what everything 
Take your freedom, dear soul, like a ripe fruit from the summer tree. Pluck your providence. Let this season grant you grant your soul permission to sing. As you grow from your deep place in your soul, predatory things will appear on rooftops and power lines, coming for crumbs of your peace. Peaceful things will appear on branches and blossoms, coming to share with you peace for peace. Things will be drawn to you, just don't be drawn away from your peace. Your history is not your master. You are not a slave. Your next moment is always isn't is always a freedom door. You are not obligated to suffer. Which I is like really that. sweet. I like. But yeah, that. you know, you're not obligated yeah. to suffer in this. Like, you can. Yeah. There's things you can do, and it's. I think it's powerful to talk yeah. about the things that have happened, Absolutely. and to get support because you can change yeah. and you can. You don't have to be. Like I think about it like this. Like considering how fucked up my life was, I turned out okay. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you are a very cool little person. <laughs> not that cool. Um, I'm I mean, <laughs> I mean, little in terms of age. Um, we know everyone here is taller than me. We get. It. I mean, little in terms of timeline. In terms of timeline, but yeah, no, you don't have to. You don't have to sit and wait back for things yeah. to get better for you. You're allowed to. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. kind of like how, like SMOL. It's like small. maybe not literally. Small. Not. Literally. I'm a baby gay. Yeah, you're small. I'm small. You're not small. That's why you're small. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I want to throw yeah. in there as well that like, you know, if you're going through some stuff or like you need some support or someone to chat to or reach out to, like we, of course, are always here for you too. Hundo. Foster kid to foster kid. <laughs> I got you. Um, do you guys have crew joy? Oh, yes. Okay. I told you about my ID. Oh, <laughs> I laughed so hard, bud. So I did maybe mention it. To, I didn't show them the whole thing. I just yeah. told them about the last word, but yeah. So, um... I had to go get my Alberta ID. I turned 18 in December and I just got it. And I'm not going to say my full dead name on here, but it is listed in my dead name. And for clarification, when my mom named when my mom named all of her children, she gave us an extra Y and like all of our names. Like my sister's name was Rebecca Jane, but Jane has like J-A-Y-N-E. And my middle name birthwise is Abigail but it's a-b-i-g-a-y-l-e but apparently my name is too long for the system um so it cuts off the last two letters of my middle name so it's just a big gay <laughs> abigail abigail you did not tell me that <laughs> becca's seen this so oh, yeah no i saw the photo evidence oh, yeah. maybe God. i told kelsey i don't know yeah abigail. but it's just abigail Abigail, but it sounds like a big gay. Yeah. Which I mean is not wrong. Yeah. But like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Dude. Uh, my queer joy is that as of yesterday, I'm full time. And I just have to say that. Yeah. 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 What's your queer joy, Becca? Um, I don't know. I mean, so it's Pride Month um which is really great um but also we work for a queer organization so it also means we're really really busy and I'm really looking forward to July long weekend um <laughs> we love you all but it's <laughs> I it's so funny because I absolutely adore event planning so I take on all these things um and then I lose my mind as we get closer like Paige um heard a series of just deep sighs for me the other day it's, it's been a series of deep sighs for like a and couple then- of days it's but it's, it's getting yeah more frequent um but so I've just to kind of like a little comfort thing I've been listening to like audiobooks that are just like like I've been listening to like some of the old Star Wars audiobooks um that's really good. and like re-listening to like the Percy Jackson ones and like just kind of like comfort books 
right? Because I don't have the energy to read. So I have someone else read to me. And the Star Wars ones have like sound effects and shit. <laughs> like they're produced, which is really funny. Um, but yeah, so I listened to one of my favorite Star Wars villain. And then I'm realizing the Percy Jackson ones. Um, and they're not here, but I am going to take it upon myself to tell you all Kelsey's Queer Joy. Oh, yes. Um, they have been in tears of Queer Joy all day on and off um because as of this morning Kelsey is our new executive director oh yeah I knew that <laughs> yeah so Terry we, didn't leave us no Terry's still here he's just um stepping into a fundraiser role which is kind of like they were kind of doing this before like it's been a transition but yeah so Kelsey is officially the big boss dude um we are now queer run yeah really? so yeah we are now queer and trans led as well as serving um so yeah it was very very exciting um immediately gonna fall out of my chair they immediately burst into tears and i was like can i hug you and they were just like nodded (laughs) so we had a big group hug um yeah so yeah anytime the neurodivergence touch each other (laughs) i know i know i mean there's a couple times you were talking i was like i was like i would ask if you wanted a hug but i know the answer is no and i don't really want to either (laughs) (laughs) we're also fully neurodivergent right now too yeah. yeah 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 it's great there's a, talk about intersections that's a big one um but yeah so lots of big things happening it's pride um we're really gay we're really gay also just a reminder because this always happens every year is you don't have to be out um pride is for you too just you being yourself is wonderful and something to take pride in um to take pride in yeah yeah I, I wasn't I, out my first pride I did it on purpose I oh was, yeah I was not at my first pride I we are going to be going to an event as out loud a little later this summer that was actually my first pride event before I worked for out loud um the first time I was out and I brought my dog when she was a baby so I'm thinking about maybe bringing the big gesture now Aww, um so also it's so funny they made a video are like the me like media I guess company yeah. media team that yeah. we work with um, did a video of our crosswalk painting. We did the progress pride. Um, and literally the first shot is like Paige laughing. And then the second shot is my dog. And it's like, a, like a couple second shot. It's really funny. Like it's she crazy. made it in before Kelsey and Terry. And like, <laughs> so it's literally just Paige Jester within Jester's her mascot two seconds. Point. Oh yeah. And she I had a think, rainbow. I don't think like you are actually, Oh, I'm not in it. No, I'm <laughs> not in it at all. Yeah. I noticed that when I watched it. I was like, Jester's in this, but Becca's not. Oh no, I was fine with that. Um, yeah, usually I'm all about wanting to be on stage, but that day I was like, I'm all bloated and I just want people to look at my dog and not me. Um, so yeah, anyway, all that to say, thank you for joining us. Uh, be kind to yourself and others and we'll see you maybe next week. I'm not going to make any promises. It's June, baby. We'll try. <laughs> <Be gay. laughs>